We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Current breakouts, future breakouts, and breakouts that may never happen. That is what we're talking about today on Rotoviz Overtime. It's myself, Colin Kelly, joined by Sean Siegel. We're going to be talking through a number of different topics, the landscape of fantasy football post-NFL Week 9, and I'm looking forward to diving into with Sean. We obviously had Monday Night Football as well. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But Sean, Week nine, we talked about it on a recap. We talked about it before. Lots of buys, lots of quarterback injuries, lots of difficult situations for managers, all the teams, I guess, across the, the sphere of fantasy football. That is in the back window. We had a couple of teams that came up short this week. But I think talking to you on the Monday recap was quite uh, therapeutic. Felt uh, a lot better after feeling more positive as we move here into Tuesday and uh, Things are starting to settle down. Looking forward to this discussion. Looking forward to week 10. Looking forward to starting to talk about potential fantasy championships that won't be too far away. But how are you feeling as we sit here on the 7th of November, 2023? I'm glad yesterday's show was cathartic. I've loved doing these shows since I got back from the travels and the illness. I don't know that I'm sitting here tuesday morning feeling all that excited the well i have had i've had like eight eight hours of a tuesday it's right in tuesday morning for you with our time difference it's evening time here so maybe in eight hours time you'll that that excitement will be coming through and maybe i will feel better it does (laughs) it does take some emotional processing time the i mean week nine we knew from the beginning, based on the teams that we were targeting, that this was going to be, I mean, not just a week, but really the week that was the killer if we had one. And then you're hoping that some of the other guys who are playing will play well. Mostly they did not do that. And then you get this Monday night game where going into it, there were a lot of different leagues where if Brees Hall has a big game, if Garrett Wilson has a big game, if Quentin Johnston, and again, I mean, obviously you've got your expectations in check there, but he's got opportunity right they don't have other receivers who are really available outside of keenan allen if those players do well and then if austin eckler does poorly that 
it's really going to save what should have been, and in many ways is and was, a terrible week. Obviously, that didn't save it because I just, I mean, Colin, I watched this game and I was mind boggled. And, and we joke from time to time about karma. We joke from time to time about fantasy football karma. You know that, <laughs> and listeners will know that I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And that's, really? I mean, that's kind of the case for a lot of people, I think. In 2023, again, as I've mentioned it, I mean, he's sort of embraced the role of villain. I'll hold my hands up. I might be, I might be the one fan that's. I am one of the fans still. Signed helmet. That's good. In the background. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I like villains. though, Sean, it's, it's part of my thing. I'm, I'm not sure I buy that. I am glad <laughs> that you're sticking with your guy. I mean, one of the worst traits that people can have is a lack of loyalty to, you know, friends, teams. Now, again, there there are limits. People who are no longer Sean Watson fans. I understand that. But I mean, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, I mean, you should be an Aaron Rodgers fan. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Sean, is, is coming back to bring this team to the playoffs. I did hear that he's had a, a magical Achilles tendon procedure. Magical, and I think, that, is the, that's the medical term for it. It is. It's definitely <laughs> the operative term. So... You, but you're watching this game last night, and you're thinking to yourself when you see Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline, you're like, this team hired the man who was the architect of Russell Wilson's 2022 season, and they traded for all of Aaron Rodgers' washed-up teammates, and those guys are all on the field in addition to having Zach Wilson. It's like, how many things can you stack up and you feel for the defense? You feel to an extent for the head coach, you wonder like how much of all of this was him? And how much of it was the front office? Because if they had gone almost any other direction, the strength of this defense would have put the New York Jets in position to you know, be an AFC powerhouse regardless of what happened. If you had made a move for a different QB who doesn't bring Aaron Rodgers arrogance, and then you made a move for a different backup. And people can say, well, I mean, there aren't 32 good starting quarterbacks. There aren't a lot of great backups. And yet we've witnessed things like what the Minnesota Vikings have done, where they've been creative, they've gone out, and they've gotten guys. You can do it if you want. The Jets haven't wanted, and you get a game like last night. We're calling their defense completely and totally shut down Justin Herbert. Their defense in this game, like people might see, you know, the final score 27-6 and be like, oh, easy day for the, the Chargers. The the Jets' defense here was fantastic. Right. Like the they, Chargers they, gained 191 yards and gained 3.4 yards per play. It was one of the most magnificent performances you will ever see, and yet the game was completely and totally lopsided because the level of incompetence on the other side was so epic. I mean, you wouldn't think that you can get like this wound up and feel like you need to you know, open the thesaurus, try and find other superlatives, try and figure out how to truly describe a Jets team, because at this point in the season, the expectation is that you are a little bit immune, right? I mean, you've gone through this, you know what's coming, and even knowing what's coming, I mean, this was a, I just, I was blown away by just I how bad um... this game was. I don't know if I've ever seen, I mean, you think back to like those Baltimore Ravens defenses where you have Guys like John Kitna, like leading them to Super Bowl titles. You're talking about quarterback play that was really poor and yet winning championships. I'm sure that there are some examples. You know, maybe listeners will leave some in the comments. Maybe we'll 
find some for shows later in the week. But I just I don't I don't know that I've ever witnessed. I mean, you think back to all those Chiefs teams under Marty Schottenheimer that had very poor quarterback play, didn't have the weapons around the quarterbacks that the Jets have with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And again, I mean, those teams bombed out. They failed in the playoffs. They were like a, a number one seed, number two seed. I mean, we're talking about a team that has one of the greatest defenses. And statistically, they're not necessarily quite to that extent yet, but in part because the offense keeps putting them in these circumstances. I just, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that's this good on defense, this bad on offense, and this bad on offense when they have a couple of young stars that are really potentially transcendent players in their own right and one of the things that was just like, so endlessly frustrating in this game as well is that on the handful of like decent plays they would make i mean you would get the ball to Brees hall on a screen play he rumbles for 30 yards he's making guys miss you know twirling beating linebackers showing that speed of the edge and then you know you've got some random flag it's like at the very least just run your screen passes without committing penalties it's it, it's pretty tragic at this point because i just Again, I, I just don't feel like I've seen anything like it. And then you combine that with the fact that that gives points to the Chargers defense, which you and I were playing against. And then, I mean, Austin Eckler gets completely and totally shut down by the Jets. And again, I mean, there are going to be lots of listeners out there, going to be lots of fantasy managers who were like, yeah, that's not what we were rooting for. We needed Austin Eckler to score last night. We're not upset about that part of it. But if you needed him to be stopped for the Jets' offense, to be consistently creating opportunities for him to get goal line touches when otherwise the defense has him totally corralled. And this was a weird game from Eckler who dropped a bunch of passes and looked very out of sorts himself. You get those touchdowns because of what the Jets offense has done. As I was watching this, and I think I have Jets defense in a couple of places. I don't know if we're necessarily playing them because a lot of those teams also have the Browns defense. And this is kind of one of those sort of weird situations where, yeah, the roster spots are very much at a premium. And yeah, if you can put two elite defenses, you know, on your roster there and then kind of not exactly stream them, but obviously match up, play them against the weaker opponents, it's still going to be very random on defense, but it does give you the upside to score. One of the things that actually pulled a lot of my teams at least close this week, one of the reasons that the <laughs> our chasing stolen bananas team column won 91 to 86 and oh remains gosh. in first place as a result. So, thank I you. Think you're going to tell us defense. The, thank you, the, Arizona Cardinals offense. Maybe <laughs> the the, Brown, the Browns defense putting up quarterback points is going to help some of those teams, I guess, pull through. But yeah, that, so I think they put up 26 maybe this week. So you know, quarter of your points and that victory yeah. coming oh, away. Oh sure, defense, more than so. more so, than. So uh, I think that's one that you'll put in the memory bank uh, as a, a special one that you were able to to get out. But you know, some of this is obviously around Zach Wilson um and you know obviously it's been heightened this week with the vikings making a move to get dobbs even though dobbs wasn't the start of this week goes ahead gets the win you know has some very impressive plays in that but you know when we look then even on the the jets roster with trevor Simeon in there and we're not going to just get into the entire jets quarterback conversation and i joked earlier like it does seem like there's a potential for Aaron Rodgers to be back over these next couple of weeks but the jets also have to think you know they're four and four they're in that potential playoff for the the wild card spots here and uh trevor Simeon is somebody who is not a great quarterback but if we look over his career and his sample he has 42 touchdowns 28 interceptions we're looking then at somebody like a zach wilson 20 touchdowns 23 interceptions in his career you know trevor Simeon 
unless he's like looks really bad in the facility <laughs> is bound to offer maybe something that like we know what zach wilson is and it's not getting it done and it's not going to get it done so i think the jets really should have been looking at alternative options before the trade deadline but that is obviously too late has gone and passed now we'll see what happens and, and maybe sean and house they i don't know know about aaron Rodgers' miracle operation or procedure and think that he will be back a lot sooner than we're expecting and maybe they thought well we'll not trade for something and give up assets to to try and get a couple of wins here in the meantime but this also the note i want to mention and this is keenan allen it goes over ten thousand career yards in this allen has been just an, an amazing wide receiver. His nine targets in this eight reception 77 yards that kept quite fitting the the catch that got him over the ten thousand yards a, a spectacular catch over near the sideline but obviously somebody who's been a fantastic player to watch but also a fantastic you know asset to the fantasy football community in general so it was fun to see him pass that landmark this show is sponsored by better help we are approaching the end of 2023 the holiday season is almost here i for one am very excited about the holiday season but it can also come with some challenges some seasonal blues this time of year can be a lot and it can be natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings therapy can be a bright spot among the stress and change something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on Personally, I started therapy in early 2023. I found it very beneficial. It's helped me learn positive coping skills, to manage my day-to-day -day emotions, to understand why I feel the way I do, and it has been extremely positive for me. I found it beneficial working along with my therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill in a brief questionnaire to get matched to a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime at no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash rotoviz. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person, it is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and you Use the code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RotoViz for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, I think... We've kind of had a vent there. We've you know, spent around 10 minutes talking about Monday Night Football, which I had planned to be one of our latter topics in the show, but you know, it felt like we needed to push it forward there a shot. <laughs> needed to get that out. But uh, how are you feeling now about Monday Night Football? Was that cathartic? Are we are we ready to put that one in the past? Yeah, I, think, I think I do feel better now. But again, I mean, injuries happen, and you have to work your way through them. I just think that when you watch some of the plays that Brees Hall made in this game. And when you think about the fact that he is involved as a receiver and what that means for fantasy, you watch some of the plays that Garrett Wilson made in this game. Now he does fumble. And certainly when your team struggles as much on offense as the Jets do, that can you know, really be a dagger. But to see him go seven for 80 in this game where, I mean, Zach Wilson again was absolutely atrocious. Now I say that, I mean, Wilson passed the ball 49 times in this game. And one of the issues that we've had with the, receivers is that zach wilson is not a guy who can be a high volume passer because he is just so limited so to see a game here where he attempts 49 passes where he's sacked an additional eight times they did have to attack through the air they got some plays to him as a result of what the game script was now some of their edge in total yardage comes on this final play where the starters are out where they go 14 plays 73 yards do give the ball up on downs but column i you've got to keep running garrett wilson out there i think that your notes on him and where he would have deserved to go if you know that aaron Rodgers is going to go down in that first game i mean there was a little stretch there where it looked pretty bad you pull up the receiving numbers right now for these guys and I mean, I think that with the disappointments that we've gotten from players like Jalen Waddell and T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley not really scoring, Terry McLaurin not really scoring, DK Metcalf, one of the players that we talked a little bit about yesterday, even Brandon Ayuk. I mean, per game basis, a lot of these guys, Drake London, you know, not really scoring. So there weren't necessarily a ton of other great options. And you see Garrett Wilson up there. Just really surprising that he's been able to do a lot of the things that he has been able to do. One of the things we were going to talk a little bit about today was the dynasty rankings in my most recent update. I have him at wide receiver five in the middle of the second round in terms of startup value. When you think about Superflex and nothing that's happened in the interim, this was mid-October and I'll be doing another one this week. Nothing changes for me there. If anything, I've gotten more excited about Wilson, his competitiveness, his, I wouldn't say speed exactly, but the playmaking ability there on the field. When you look at the next players 
to elevate. You watch what we've gotten from a CD Lamb, and it definitely seems like Garrett Wilson is not just CD Lamb, but a more athletic version, a version who's arrived more quickly. And I, I think that you basically have a big tear break after those guys to where you have Lamb. I have A.J. Brown at wide receiver four. Again, nothing that he's done in the interim would knock him down off of that. Obviously, he's a little bit older than those players, and yet we would expect, based on his career trajectory and just how high the peak is, that even when he comes down off of that, if you don't get a career-altering injury, then he's going to be able to score for multiple more seasons. You hope that he's going to have sort of a tail end of his career that is more similar to some of the things that we're seeing right now from Stephon Diggs, what we had from Devontae Adams until he got mired in this really poor quarterback situation in 2023. After that, you have the Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle range, and I still had JSN there at wide receiver 10. A lot of people were going to be very skeptical of that, but he's gone on a little bit more of a run. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. Is that the range that you would feel comfortable with Garen Wilson? I just say I'm very skeptical about Aaron Rodgers playing successfully in any way, shape, or form in 2023. I hope that that does happen. That would be a great story. If he doesn't play successfully, would that still be an upgrade on Zach Wilson? <laughs> I, I just I, I worry about these guys going out there and getting re-injured in a way that really would sort of definitively end his career. And so I think the injury risk is extremely high. Anytime that you have new procedures with sort of different protocols for rehab and recovery, you don't have then the data on what's the recovery like, how long do you really need before you're back to 100%, and then what is the re-injury risk? Now, in many cases, it's going to be hard to tell that anyway, simply because you're going to be dealing with samples that have problems you know, for one reason or another. But yeah, if he played unsuccessfully, you still have to think that would be a huge upgrade. One of the things that we talked a little bit about with Christian Watson, for example, is that Aaron Rodgers played extremely poorly last year, not just for him, but even for you know what you consider to be a solid NFL starter. Now, there, maybe solid NFL starter is still a very positive label and that in any given year you know, maybe you only have 15 of those guys maybe you have the the four or five stars and then you have maybe it's not even 15 maybe you have six or seven solo starters so saying you play below that level isn't necessarily saying that it was apocalyptically bad but his numbers were bad and yet christian watson in 2022 a much bigger weapon than a 2023 now that's not necessarily all on jordan love for example christian watson has not been healthy and anytime you're a long, young player who is not healthy then you're going to have extreme inconsistency, which is what we've gotten from him. And you're going to have these interludes where you're just out with the injury, your snap counts are low, or again, you're sidelined. And so from that perspective, you know, other things are going on there. But I guess I'm both skeptical that anything like that could happen this year, and yet would absolutely love to see it. Colin, the other name there, and we talked about this as sort of a headline of the stealing bananas earlier in this week. You mentioned that we had some comments on youtube about how cd lamb is definitely not in the justin jefferson category i don't i mean i don't disagree with that justin jefferson and what he has done has been truly extraordinary and yet i do think it's possible to miss just how quickly cd lamb and how convincingly and completely that cd lamb is coming on in 2023 in my rankings i had jefferson middle of the first jamar chase 
top of the first in part there because even in dynasty the impact that you're expecting to get in this season matters and so if you have justin jefferson injured and out you have quarterback situations now with joshua dobbs and you have those things limiting the 2023 production and you have jamar chase out there with now a rampaging joe burrow who looks all the way back that's the reason for that I would expect that we're going to have a moment here in the next 12 months. Justin Jefferson was up to number one overall, not number one wide receiver, but the number one overall player before he went on IR with that hamstring injury. I wouldn't be surprised if in my rankings, and again, this is super flex, if Jefferson and Chase are one, two at some point this offseason, Jalen Hurts is the number one right now. I don't think many people are going to argue too strongly with that. But CeeDee Lamb climbing up, Garrett Wilson potentially climbing up. Where are you on Lamb when you contrast him with, say, Jamar Chase, for example? Maybe that's an easier one for listeners because Chase, you know, not quite to the level of a Justin Jefferson. Where is he compared to an A.J. Brown? And, and how do you like Lamb right now compared to Christian McCaffrey? It's interesting because McCaffrey was the 110 in these current rankings and since that point he's been very very good we had the article the previous week obviously on the buy this week but talking about how his fantasy points over expectation as both a rusher and a receiver are up in such rarefied air that it basically has never happened but also talking about how it's also not impossible that he sustains some of that when you think about what priest holmes and marshall falk have done in the past so christian mccaffrey this huge difference maker probably the most valuable player in fantasy again here in 2023 and yet he's an older running back and so if you got a trade offer right now where someone is willing to give you cd lamb for christian mccaffrey is that an auto select an auto accept that would be but i i don't think that a lot of people i think a lot of people would go the other side but the thing with mccaffrey is it is you know he has done this for so long and it feels like he'll do this forever and he's now in an offense that's going to give him all the opportunities to produce and to get all the work that he can but at the same time historically you're looking at names and i think McCaffrey obviously fits with those names of former hall of fame players um and that's the one thing that he may continue to do this over the next three four years but i would rather take the younger player and the wide receiver in that situation so for me it would be but I think there would be still people listening in that may go in the opposite direction. And I think the consensus would probably also be in the opposite direction. The thing with CD Lamb, Sean, I'm going to put this to you, and I'd be interested as well what listeners would think. With CD Lamb, he obviously comes in high you know, prospect. Him and Jerry Judy kind of paired together as to what people's expectations were coming in that season. Starts off pretty good, but we do see him then and you've highlighted this in the article, you know, from week nine of 2021 through week eight of 2022, 17 game sample size, and that that he failed to hit 100 receiving yards a single time. Now he has a 97 yard, a 94 yard, an 89 yard in there, but nothing that's dominating. So he's averaging 61.7 receiving yards a game in those games. But what we have seen over the time since that, so week nine, that was post the buy of that season, through week eight of the 2023 season so not even including this monster week 
currently he's averaging 89.8 so obviously that's going to jump up but that's 16 games and in that there's 150 yards there's 126 120 143 117 158 and then of course we push on to this week so that's nine times he's been over 100 yards that's going to jump up obviously to 10 times when we factor in this current week he's averaging more than 20 ppr points per game but what i have seen is the team has started to use him as the wide receiver one the alpha off the team and they're giving him those targets even at the start of the season i remember we had conversations sean and i was saying that there should be no game that cd lamb leaves that he doesn't have 10 targets but we're starting to see that now where he is getting all the targets the other thing when you were not on the show was talking with blair if you get him in the slot it seems like that's just an automatic you know 10 to 15 yard completion he and the player that i would put it towards and you know people might say we're comparing it to the likes of a justin jefferson but there, there's times with his play that he's reminding me of watching Devonte adams when it was him and Aaron Rodgers with the packers in terms of there's certain routes that he is just unguardable and uh, yeah I, I have been wanting to see this for a long time and i think with you know you're saying where you would rank him you know wide receiver three in your dynasty rankings and when you swap him for say christian mccaffrey i think there's people probably over the start of his career and how his career had moved to that point in time that maybe are still thinking oh well he's kind of just having a good stretch here it's, he's just having some good games but we're into a fact now that it's over a season of completely you know very high elite end production and i think sometimes people's perceptions of the past will you know kind of color their perceptions of how a player is or their perception of that player in the present and maybe people took a stand at a point and they don't want to move off that stand but the one thing that i want to mention is you know when we're looking at some of these wide receivers and players who have been in the league for a certain period of time and you might think that they are older than they are i find this creeps up with certain players who come into the league young but cd lamb is two months younger than justin jefferson so when we're starting to compare you know talents there's people going to say i think one thing that people would say is like oh lamb's older well lamb is not he is older technically but he's two months older so when we're looking at the dynasty aspect he is just entering his prime and over that last 12 month period that we're seeing here he has elevated to a, a different level and people may not agree that he's the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two but i think that there's no doubt that he is in that top tier of wide receivers so if you have him beyond jefferson and chase I, I still think you're likely to have them in the the same tier and i think that's the case that he has put forward this season and i i think he's in that next or above that next tier of you know aj brown Garrett wilson tyreek hill that kind of the group with amon ross and brown the other part that you mentioned is with Garrett wilson you know what i agree with where he's ranked i think talent wise you absolutely have to i think with Garrett Wilson and CD Lamb, the difference in them and the difference in, say, AJ Brown, AJ Brown and CD Lamb, and uh, we're not Dak Prescott's biggest supporters here, but it's a long, long, long way from Zach Wilson. And the problem with the Jets, maybe if Aaron Rodgers doesn't recover fully from this injury, or if he came back and re injured it, or if maybe he retires, or if the play's just not there, then you're in that kind of quarterback situation where you don't know what is with Garrett wilson moving forward here whereas those other guys are able to produce i, I think yard wilson with let's say a dak prescott or certainly jillen hurts is right up there for the wide receiver one as well those are great points the 
situation here where even though you get the coordinator change, that you still have someone competent in charge, even with the questions that people have about Mike McCarthy. And I, I just, again, this run that C.D. Lamb has been on over the past full year's worth of games. So starting from the middle of last season to where we are right now in the middle of this season, the ability to consistently generate huge yardage performances is up there with the very elite guys. You look at the peripherals and everything there is so positive. Now, the interesting thing is that CD Lamb's targets per route have actually dropped from that first half of the 2022 season into this stretch from the middle of 2022 into where we are now in 2023. And yet the yards per target numbers have skyrocketed and people will tend to look at the targets per route as being the more stable element there, but it's the yards per route that give you the chance to be the superstar, right? It's the yards per target, I should say, that give you the chance to be that superstar. So when you look at the guys who he would need to be competing against for this type of crown and you look at those guys from last season you're going to be seeing players like Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson above 10 yards per target. CD Lamb last season down 8.7 this year above 11, right? So again, we're talking about the efficiency along with the target generation that gets you up into that ultra elite range, right? Right now you have Tyreek Hill not only generating targets at a really high rate, but the yards per target number at 11.5, right? So the fact that you have such impressive numbers there is a testament to the talent that you're getting from a Dak Prescott, but more than that from a CD Lamb. It doesn't mean that he's going to be able to stay up at that level for his entire career, but you have to have stretches where you can do that to be someone like an A.J. Brown, to be someone like a Justin Jefferson. And now that we're getting that from Lamb as this target volume continues to jump, and you talk about this most recent game and why it is so meaningful. One of the things that Ben pointed out, Ceiling Bananas, is that the Cowboys have been in a lot of blowouts. And when yeah, you're way, way up or way, way down, then it is going to limit to an extent the need to really ride someone like a C.D. Lamb. So when you look at here, where he goes way over 200 air yards in this game, it's the second time in his career where he eclipses that threshold. In many ways, we do feel like we're at the beginning with Lamb because he's still so young and because you can now move into this period. One of the things that people you know can forget, you mentioned Devontae Adams. In the most recent three to five years, the true stars have developed so quickly that we think everyone is going to be immediately what they are. And I mean, I'm not going to say that just because Devontae Adams had a little bit of a slow build, that that type of thing is going to be usual. One of the things that you would get if you're a longtime subscriber and you follow kind of my first, second, third, fourth, fifth year breakout wide receiver articles is that you do know that the true stars tend to emerge very, very quickly and then score a lot of points over those next handful of years. It's one of the reasons why we're targeting the young superstars. And yet, Liam, with what he is doing right now, the name that kind of stood out to me is like a DeAndre Hopkins type of player, where now that the target generation is up into this elite range, that the offense is supporting that a little bit more. 
And DeAndre Hopkins, one of these guys where it wouldn't be accurate to say he's not athletic, but it doesn't flash in quite the same way as a Jamar Chase, for example. There is a smoothness to everything that he does. And one of the things that Ben was talking about the other day as we discussed this element with you know George Pickens <laughs> not making the key reception are just these guys who have such elite body control and get the, the foot in as though it's second nature never would have had to think about it. What we're witnessing from Lamb at this point is a smoothness to where his athleticism doesn't necessarily even show because he's operating with such elite body control. The game is so slow for him compared to what he can do. I mean, he's not a guy. And the reason that he wasn't like a top five draft pick coming out of college is that the size speed profile, well, fine. When you put it in the context of his production was not Julio Jones. It's not Calvin Johnson. It's not, you know, a Jamar chase. And so you do fall a little bit now, still early first round pick, but what we're, witnessing from him now is the ability to transcend kind of that again size speed profile i love what he's doing uh, i don't think he's going to be like you know a calvin johnson or go through a stretch maybe where he's a tyreek hill in terms of what tyreek hill's currently doing but man he looks awfully awfully good i was blown away by the last two weeks yeah you mentioned a little bit on adams there and how his career started and i hadn't even put it into that context but the word i was thinking about using was there's a maturity to what he is doing now and you mentioned how smooth it looks but you you have to remember like these guys are young guys he's 24 years old you know i think back to being 24 like there's a lot of things you have to adapt to and improve your skills and we talk about you mentioned it's slowing down we talk about the game potentially slowing down for quarterbacks but it feels like cd lamb is now in his I won't say comfort zone, but he is in his own where he knows that he is kind of a master of his craft at the position. And uh, I am, you mentioned you're blown away. I, I'm extremely impressed. I just want the team to continue to use him that way. You mentioned if the game's a blowout, you know, they don't need to use him as much. So hopefully the Cowboys fans won't want to hear this, but hopefully some closer Cowboys games where you need to keep pushing it down the field with him. But the other thing is he can do it in so many different areas. We get the, you know, and this is something I like about AJ Brown a lot. We see this with like obviously Justin Jefferson and Chase as well. But you know, he he's getting the air yards. He can do it if it is down the field, but he also has the ability to have the yards after the catch. There's just so many ways that he can put up these points and it can be used by the offense. And that stretch on of games, and I remember the frustration that I was having prior to this particular run with Lamb, but a lot of it was down to the frustration with how he was being used. I also think that the team has come around on what they need to do and how they need to use him you mentioned you know the routes that he's getting targeted on for example but i think he's getting targeted now much more specifically in situations that he is going to to win and be able to to put up you know yards for their team and points for our fantasy teams i know they don't care about our fantasy football roster sean but excited 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 to see what happens here with cd lamb moving forward two other things sean you mentioned in the article that i think that we should highlight because we have talked about it a little bit we talked about a, a trade i did a while back where i traded for Ramondre stevenson you mentioned on stealing bananas last week that you know you a little bit on the periphery that it could just be around the time we maybe it, it kind of felt like for both of us it was like we're either going to see it pick up 
or it's the end of the road. It's it's one of the two. We're at a crossroads here as to what's going to happen. But it felt a little bit like he was ready to potentially have some big games. Now it was one huge play that really boosted his performance this week. But it feels like if we if he can start to gain full control of that backfield with Elliot in there, that we could see a strong run down the stretch as games continue to improve for him and him being involved in the passing game. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was with jsn we did mention this on a recap but something we didn't mention is you've highlighted in the article the seattle seahawks in terms of matchups moving forward here um the strength of schedule app showing you know they pretty much have the the best run here moving forward so that is for me might be the the start of the end of the jsn potential buying window of people are out there that are potentially interested in doing that interesting as well sean just to mention on that that dallas and san francisco are basically in a tie for second and that so that bears well for those san francisco wide receivers and, and also for cd lamb so too late to buy cd lamb i think the window's long closed <laughs> but uh, any of those that you want to dive into further we talked about how week nine was such a key week for us trying to get through that trying to get a win we didn't accomplish it and yet our roster now column i think is really interesting i know some listeners won't be as interested we do also though get a lot of questions about how are the teams doing how are they constructed do you like the way that they look are they poised to do what you talk about all off season of rising down the stretch and having a chance to win a tournament you look at where we are here with the running backs, where we have Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, and Javante Williams. And so now we have this optionality of Stevenson or Williams, both of those guys starting to emerge. I don't know that we're going to necessarily get either player quite to the level that we were hoping in the preseason, but to have two shots at it is nice. And to have two of those three guys with the buys in the rear view now, that we also really enjoy. The first two picks were Amon Ross St. Brown and CeeDee Lamb. We've talked a lot about Lamb, but St. Brown averaging 20 points per game. I mean, he's doing what we need. That one-two punch at the turn. And this season, again, one of the cool things about drafting in 2023 was that you had your shot at some guys there. You had your choices. Garrett Wilson, obviously one of the players we drafted a lot, didn't have him on this team. That has worked out well considering what's happened. So you have those two guys. I think with that one-two punch, We've got a great opportunity now to compete with basically anybody because we have the running backs with it as well. The flex positions in the 3-4 at receiver, Brandon Ayuk, one of the top guys in football currently in terms of all of the receiving peripherals, averaging 15.5 fantasy points per game. We'd like to see him get hot. We'd like to see the 49ers get hot. You mentioned that they have the second best remaining schedule. That part is fantastic to look at our roster and know that there are some guys who should have some good matchups in the future. It doesn't mean that like suddenly they're going to be boosted by multiple points per game. You do think back to, for example, this last week with the Seahawks and the wrong defensive matchups can definitely hurt you at this point. And so I do love to see those matchups favoring us. Zay Flowers, the four, we talked yesterday about some of the concerns we have there, but behind him, we have Rasheed Rice, who was very disappointed in this last week in terms of the usage after the early touchdown, but still seems like the guy 
baffling mm. usage. I, I know you mentioned on the show on Monday, you know, that we, we had talked off air, but like, you know, we start off the game, there's a touchdown that gets overturned, but the next, you know, his first target of the game is a touchdown. His second target of the game is a third down conversion that is a really difficult catch that he does a really good job of doing. And then they just did not use him for the entire rest of the game, which was, I find, baffling. I'm very, very bullish on Rice moving forward. But I, I thought that the way that game started, we were into a situation where this is the true breakout. They are, you know, he's the wide receiver one moving forward on this roster, but then they did what they've continued to do over the most of the season is they put targets to 10 to 14 people, which we, we don't, don't really need to see. The internal evaluation for the Kansas City Chiefs as they go into this week 10 bye will be interesting. I've just agreed with a lot of the decisions that they've made. I'm sure that they would like to see Rice validate their decision to use the pick on him. Obviously, they've made a lot of really poor selections at the offensive skill positions. In some ways, I think you're almost seeing the Chiefs push back against this idea that they have to prove anything. They're like, you know, we're the defending Super Bowl champions. We're in the AFC Championship game every year. We don't have to prove our picks to you. We're fine with this. And yet, obviously, it's going to help them if they emerge. But the real guy there who... I expect to be the clear starter over a Zay Flowers at the very least when we get to the fantasy player playoffs is Jackson Smith and Jibka. We talk about him quite a bit, but I think we also, it's incumbent upon us to continue discussing him since we recommended him so highly. You don't want to let that just sort of vanish and be like, ah, you know, no big deal. We spent a bunch of picks on him. Listeners spent a bunch of picks. <laughs> We're going to ignore what he's doing. But I also think the one reason I think it's like, there's been a lot to watch with JSN this year in terms of some of the usage, the underlying metrics, some of the struggles. But maybe he's going to be the case study for, as we have talked about him throughout the season, from this point forward, I think that's the point you're going to make. You know, this is why with rookies sometimes it is a case of you do draft them and you have to hold them through the season. And then as the season goes along, that breakout does happen. And I interrupted your point, but I assume that's what you're about to... Well, one of the things I did talk a lot about in the offseason was that it's easy to forget just how good or how productive the Cowboys wide receivers were when they drafted CeeDee Lamb and that Amari Cooper was an established star at that point, that Michael Gallup was much better than people tend to think about now. This was pre-serious injury. And so you've got multiple guys who in many ways compare to what we have with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And yet over the second half of that season, it was basically a dead heat between Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. I think Lamb edged him by, you know, less than a fantasy point, maybe something to that effect. It only really matters if the passing game overall is effective enough. And I think that that is the part that maybe surprises me the most. I am surprised that JSN hasn't been more involved. I'm surprised that they drafted him and haven't built an offense around making teams defend all three of these receivers. And still one of the issues that I think we're seeing with Seattle is that they're putting those three guys out there, but they're not really then running them in routes and in route concepts that force the defense into a lot of stress. And until we get that, you're probably not going to see the eruption that we're hoping for. But right now we have a situation where 
DK Metcalf averaging 12.2 points per game. That is well below what you would have needed to draft him where he did. He was a must-avoid pick for us. That part of it, at least, hit. In the article, I described it as being kind of half right, but on the half that is less valuable to fantasy managers because the players you recommend are more important than the players that you fade. And so JSN there at 8.5, Tyler Lockett there at 12.3. I mean, JSN has to really take off now to make this pick work for us at all. It is one of the reasons why... We're trying to build depth at the receiver position because you are going to have some injuries and you're going to have some misses. You want the misses to be guys like maybe a Jahan Dotson who does still take off at some point. You've got to be able to weather that storm. With JSN here, over the last three weeks, he leads the Seahawks in points with 41 in receiving yards, 162, two touchdowns. And that's despite an eight out of 6.4, which is too low for what he can do. I mean, you think back to the brilliance in college. Yeah, he's playing off of Garrett Wilson. He's playing off of... Chris Olave, but he's blowing those guys away in terms of yards per route. And then when they sit out the bowl game, because very justifiably they're pointing themselves to getting ready for the NFL, he goes off and has you know one of the greatest college football games of all time. You're stressing the defense all over the field with that player. You're not running him six yards down the field or in many cases just getting these wide receiver screens and that's it. He's got to be a little bit deeper. Now, as this game developed, it was encouraging to see some of the plays that they used him on. And he has that bad drop early, but it seemed to be more of like a concentration drop where some of the plays he's failed to make prior to this point in the season, it seemed like the game was going a little fast for him. He seemed uncomfortable and not the type of guy, you know, like a Puka Nakua, for example, who was just already there you know, say as a flowers, for example, somebody who is dominating the NFL and feels very much comfortable in his own skin and dynamic in his own skin. We did not get that from him. And that was the thing I think that was the most disappointing because to me, at least with the analysis, with the evidence, there was that possibility. And you read the clippings from him in the preseason. One of the reasons why we want to make sure that we consider that, but don't overly weight it. We got those things for say flowers as well. And he goes out and actually does it. And so that's great to see from him. It's it's great to have both of these guys on this team. Again, so you have some optionality. If Flowers goes away, which he's in the process of doing, we can flip somebody else into the lineup there. That's why you build it the way that we did. But even after, even in a bad game here, and with that bad first drop, I really thought that we saw the light bulb switch. The Everything went on, right? And he looked like he was ready to really go. And if that's the case, then I think we're going to get this step from Gino. There's no way you can have those three receivers and have them be fantasy viable if Gino does not play better. And so you mentioned the fact that they have the number one wide receiver schedule the rest of the way. The flip side of that is they've had the eighth hardest to this point. So it hasn't been very favorable here. If you have the best schedule going forward, but you've also had like a top five schedule at this point, you're like, I mean, how much difference is that going to make? It's going to be the contrast that matters here. And I mean, hell, I'm an enthusiast to go along with all of the evidence-based stuff. I think that he's going to take off. And so we really want to see that. But if he doesn't, other options. Sam Laporta is the tight end. He's been a revelation. Trey McBride is the backup tight end. Once we get Kyler Murray, he could be somebody who is just a very clear-cut flex play. They don't necessarily have tons of other options. He's an athletic mismatch. They seem to have realized that now. I would love if we're going down the stretch, if we're in the race for the million dollars and we're playing both Laporta and McBride. So this team looks good. We have Jared Goff as the QB. 
And if the Lions are going to run the ball every time inside the 10-yard line, that's not the best. Backup QB, Matthew Stafford, is hurt. But that's why we added Will Levis. We're going to watch what he does. He did not come through for us and win the game in week nine. But like I said, there are some flashes there. So that's the overall mix for this team. We've got work to do. We fell out of number one in total points this week, but we still are in a playoff position with three strong weeks. We could easily finish with the best record and the most points. We also are in a position where we could fall out entirely. I, I think that's what you, you kind of want. I mean, you'd love to be gapped by, you know, 150 points and be running away with it. Feel like this is the team that's going to definitively make the playoffs and then have a chance to push for the million. But Colin, when you have three regular season weeks left and you're right there in the thick of things, I mean, that's what makes fantasy football fun. When we fire up the games on Sunday, and there's going to be a lot on the line. I'm excited for week 10. I'm excited for this team. I'm excited for the teams the listeners have put together too. The teams I've drafted with a lot of the different listeners, the writers at Rotoviz, so many fun teams there. I really do feel like the enthusiasm for 2023 has been percolating and is now ready to explode. I'm fired up. You, you, we talked at the beginning. You know, how long is it going to take to get over Monday Night Football? It turns out just a 45 minute episode of OT. Yeah, we just need to. Anytime we we have something getting on us which is usually bad fantasy football or nfl play we just need to talk for about 45 minutes and get it done something sean that you know when the listeners ask about how teams are doing that team that you're talking about is an ffpc main event team and you mentioned you know in terms of record it's a, a really interesting league so far there's two teams with six wins and then there's i think five teams with five wins so it's really condensed so there's a lot of ways and there's a lot of teams still in the mix from a win-loss record we're in second point or second place in points for people who aren't aware the top two records and the top two points advance to the playoffs so then you move into the as sean mentioned the race for the big big cash at the end of it but with that team sean it might be something we do as our friday edition off the show people asking for how the teams are going i think something that could be very interesting because we talk about it in the off season is pretty much the week 10 draft strategy something that I've always taken from Sean is building teams that are strong at this point of the year. But if you think about it now, the draft board that we're after talking about, that team, for example, where those players would go if we did a redraft off this right now, I think that this team that we have would be set up as strong, if not stronger than any of the teams in this league. That may not come to fruition over these next three, four, five weeks, but that would be what I believe would be the case. And you mentioned, you know, Laporta tight end 13 at draft time. McBride was tight end 26. Obviously, if you get Kyler Murray back this week, people are going to want to have him in some of those weekly contests and so on. Jared Goff, quarterback 15. Sam Howell, quarterback 18 on this roster. You know, even the likes of a JSN was wide receiver 38 at draft time because there's all obviously the injury coming into the season that I think people have long forgot about. So there's a lot of things mixed in there. But if you're looking at rookie Sean, with a team that is JSN Flowers, Laporta, Rishi Rice, Marvin Mims, who you know hasn't had the action that we would have hoped. We have two second-year players in there: Sam Howell, Trey McBride. You're looking for these players to ascend as the season goes along, and this should be where they are now at their strongest. You have uh, uh, Javante Williams in there working his way back from injury; should be now coming up health-wise. So lots of positives built into this team. So we might do that kind of a. Uh, I'm thinking of calling it the week 10 draft strategy, but maybe later on this week, because I think that gives an idea of why we're building teams with the youth and with the rookies and how that 
ascends and, and improves as the season goes along and you build out that roster with the depth and the youth for i guess the other part sean and ben show you know drafting for round one and round two of the following season when you're drafting for that current season giving you these players who even right now where they're going i would project ahead to next season and, and i think they'll be going up there in those top four or five rounds uh if not higher as the season progresses here so fun show sean enjoyed that glad it made you forget about monday night football and, and what happened there but we'll have something else to, to rant about on our next episode i am sure but that is going to do it for this edition of road of his ot if you haven't signed up and you're interested in signing up before the end of the season we're getting into the time to make sure you get into those fantasy playoffs and then to win those fantasy playoffs we mentioned today for example the strength of schedule there's lots of tools up on the website to help you make those decisions there's lots of articles like sean's work blair's work dave's work so much going on all the time you can check out over there you can use the promo code rv radio 2023 at checkout that gets yourself 10 percent off sean we're almost getting to that time where we talk about perfect gift to get yourself this christmas this holiday season so <laughs> That just came into my head as I was doing the read, but we will be getting close to that time and no time at all. But that also coincides with the fantasy playoffs. So that is going to do it for this episode. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.